0: Hello and welcome to Azeroth Coast to Coast with your hosts Kevin and Chris, where we focus on tips for the aspiring World of Warcraft player. Each week we'll give you a brief look into what we've been doing in game, updates on news, and focus on a weekly challenge to help you improve as a player in the World of Warcraft. This week's challenge will be focusing on mythic dungeons and what you need to get there. With that, let's jump right into the show. So what we're doing on Azeroth Coast to Coast is a podcast for the aspiring World of Warcraft player, like I mentioned. And what that means is that, you know, we're not saying casual, we're saying you're aspiring to get better and be a better player. So what are some tips that we can give you through our experience to help you get there? And this week, we'll be doing a weekly challenge, which will be Mythic Dungeons. So we'll talk a little bit about that later on in the show. Um, With me on the show today is Chris. He is my co-host on the show. My name is Kevin, if I haven't mentioned it yet. Chris, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Hello. I'm the talking British guy.
0: (laughs) Yes, you are the talking British guy, aren't you? I I said talking. (laughs) Oh, token British guy. Yep. Chris is uh, one of my friends that I met through playing games, and uh, we met through Kaylee on the Hotscast show. Um, Chris, do you want to give yourself a little background on what your experience has been like in WoW uh, for some credibility?
1: Okay. Uh, In World of Warcraft, I've been playing since December of uh, 2016, 2006. Um, I have raided since Wrath of the Lich King as a primary healer or tank for the guilds I've been in. I've done uh, what was heroic raiding and is now mythic raiding throughout that time. I've now recently decided to take a break from all of that drama and because it's essentially a second job and i'm now just reading heroic and having fun with my guild in europe and playing with uh, this noob in america um i primarily play healers and tanks as i said i'm a discipline priest and a holy priest i primarily play blood death knights and demon hunters as a tank i am a terrible terrible dps but i'm learning because i've always wanted to have a strong dps class but other than that I'm a very big into PvP and PvE. I love both. Uh, I'm a terrible DPS and I just love the game. I have always loved the game.
0: (laughs) Great, great. And other than World of Warcraft, what other games have you played or what's your experience been like in gaming in general?
1: Uh, gaming in general, I've been playing video games since I was a child. My dad gave me his original Nintendo Entertainment System, which I still have to this day, and it still works, and I still play Mario, uh, Super Mario 3 on a regular. Um, I moved on to PlayStation, uh, I had an Xbox, hated it, never played it. Uh, I'm a PlayStation fanboy, always have been, always will be. I play Heroes of the Storm religiously, I love that game with everything I am. My first MMO was actually RuneScape, which is like everyone's first MMO if you're in the Millennial-type era. era. Um, I play a lot of Overwatch, Hearthstone, pretty much all of Blizzard's games, but primarily Warcraft and uh, Heroes of the Storm, dabble, but here and there in Overwatch.
0: Excellent. Well, great. And my name is Kevin, and I have a smaller background than Chris does uh, with World of Warcraft. I just started playing last year, uh, around this same time, actually, um, in the World Warlords of Draenor patch. Um, played a lot of Warlords of Draenor as a priest. Um, played a little bit first getting started with a druid, but uh, switched over to the priest after I tried a few dungeons and uh, didn't like the healing style, but uh, I'm primarily a healing player and kind of came to World of Warcraft to focus on healing and and helping the team and kind of, you know, being in that kind of a role. Um, in gaming in general, uh, I used to play games a lot when I was a kid, um, starting with the regular Nintendo, Super Nintendo, um, all the way up through, I think... Um, I I forget which one, but I played a lot of Nintendo, basically. Started computer games in high school uh, and played a lot of Diablo and StarCraft, then StarCraft Brood Wars. Took a long hiatus from gaming, um, basically from the end of high school through uh, after college. um, And started picking up games again, playing Diablo 2 in 2012. Uh, played diablo 2 and played a lot of heroes of the storm last year and got into wow towards the tail end of last year and now i'm playing primarily wow so that's a little bit of uh my gaming background as well so uh with that let's now that you know a little bit about us let's jump into the show um we'll start off talking a little bit about what we did in game last week so um I wanted to start off talking about uh, Chris's experience leveling up a character. Uh, this is also kind of a good start as an introduction to uh, World of Warcraft Legion as well since uh, Chris started a fresh character on Dalaran to uh, play with me and the guild that I'm in. So uh, Chris, do you want to talk a little bit about your experience over the past week leveling up your warlock character?
1: Yes, I'd love to. Um... My warlock, so as I said uh when I was talking about my uh wa background, I'm a terrible DPS, so I decided to make a DPS character just to play with Kevin and the uh, guild guilds on Dalaram. <clears throat> um and I made the turn, boosted it up to a hundred, and went through the new the new experience for new players that boost to kinda teach you your your class.
0: I never did that. What what is that experience like?
1: So you start off on the gun, the Alliance or Horde gunship, depending on which faction you pick. It takes you through the very basics of your class. So I was a Warlock. It actually forces you to go into one of the three or four or two spec, or depending on which class you pick. Um, and I had to play Affliction, even though I didn't want to. So it took me through the very basics of Affliction, summoning the pet, uh, using your dots, life draining appropriately, and just the very basics of the class. So then you didn't kinda... get to
0: you didn't get the pick Affliction. They just told you you're playing Aff- Affliction.
1: Yeah. So each class has one spec that it's designed that the uh, training is designed around, and then once the, once you finish the training, you get to swap specs and kind of play around with the rest of them. So that's what I did. I uh, played. I went to Reflection, uh, played through the basics of it. S- once I was finished there, I swapped to Demonology, played through the basics, swapped to Destruction, played through the very basics. Decided I liked Demonology more than the other two, and I've stuck with it ever since. I've, I love demos. Very, very fun. So, so sh-
0: did, did so you do that on your own, or did they have you switch through the different specs?
1: No, I did that on my own. So that's, that's something that probably a newer player wouldn't do, but because I know the background of there's three specs, you can do what you want with them, can I swap whenever you want, I was able to do that. So I do feel like it's something that they should encourage people to give it a go, just to try and look at the different aspects of the class. Because I know there was some people in my European guild that boosted a toon and they wanted to heal on it, but it defaulted them into the DPS spec, and they didn't really learn anything about the healing spec as they went through the trial, so they were a little annoyed and they had to kind of learn on the fly when they were on the broken shore so i do think there's a couple of things that could be improved there but it's a vast improvement from what we had in pandaria and warlords so
0: yeah it sounds um, like you should actually cycle through the specs and try them all and see which one you like before you jump off the gunship or end the scenario is is there a spot to do that or did you just
1: um, uh, do that there's a There's a training dummy right there in the centre of the gunship, so you can swap wherever you want, and then just try out your spells on that. So that's what I did. And I just ended up liking Demonology more than the other two. So, it worked. But once you've finished that, and you've swapped your spec, and then there's an option to go down to the Broken Shore and play through the Broken Shore scenario that was available for the Pre-Legion event. So, play through that, then finish that, go back to Stormwind or Orgrimmar, respectively, and continue on your chain to get your artifact. Up to Dalaran, get your artifact.
0: Yeah, we should probably so, mention, too, that we're playing Alliance characters. And... We're
1: playing Alliance, but I will continue to say Horde and Alliance, respectively, because that's a thing. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so back up to Dalaran, got my weapon, set up my order hall, which, by the way, the Warlock order hall is amazing. It's a Legion core world. It is so cool. <laughs> nice. um, so, you got, you get your artifact, get the weapon, off you go, straight into I think the first one I went into is Valshara, and I continually do that on every single I level, I go to Valshara first, just so I can get the crying like a baby out of the way.
0: <laughs> you have to get that mouth crying like a baby thing.
1: Yeah, you have to... No, no, not mouth crying like a baby. Me crying like a baby. Oh,
0: you Cause... crying like a baby. Yeah. I thought yeah, you were it's... referring to Mouth, who's like, uh, Help me, Tyrande.
1: Oh, no one cares about him. Spoilers! Um... Valshara is the most, sad, most depressing zone you'll ever play through, but it's also one of the best. Um You will cry like a baby if you have any concept of the WoW lore. It is very upsetting. Um... So yeah, battled, barreled through Valshara. the second I hit 102, I always do this, when I hit 102, 104, 106 and 108, I always go back to my order hall and continue the order hall campaign. Because you get more XP that way, you get a little bit more uh, story, and it's just it breaks up the monotony of just continually leveling through the same zone. That's a good tip I'll always recommend. Once you once you hit the even numbers, go back to your order hall, see what's there, just do some little bits and bobs to break up the monotony. Um, and you need
0: to do that anyway to progress your storyline so you can get your third artifact trait.
1: Yes. So, done that, uh, once I had completed Vashara, uh because Vashara is what the, the only zone you don't actually have to do the dungeon for, uh, to get the Pillar of Creation, uh skipped the dungeon uh until I was higher level and went to the next zone. Went straight to Azuna. Straight through that zone. The Cortiferanda storyline is so good. It's Yeah it gives you a lot of this expansion is essentially the night elf expansion that none of us knew we wanted. <laughs> um and the Cortiferanda storyline is just such a great introduction to the Ferandus, and the lore behind Ashara, and uh, the build building up to the Sundering, it's such a great story arc, um, and I would highly recommend it, just go through, read all the quests, it's great.
0: Yeah, I like that one, that zone probably the best out of all four of them.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of the better zones. Um, so finish, finish uh, the zone, had to do the dungeon this time because you need to, to get the pillar of the creation. So Dead, Wrath of, uh, Dead Eye of Azshara, Uh barreled through that because I had you and was it Chris that was with us? I think so, yeah. You guys kind of boosted me through. So then I went up to Stormheim to get that out of the way. I don't like Stormheim. I don't know why. I never have...
0: I started it's- there and I, I didn't like it.
1: Not a fan of Stormheim. The story, like, the, the Alliance and Horde story, I feel like it's out of place, but at the same time, the story itself is really good. Uh, especially the cutscene at the end with uh, Greymane and Sylvanas. It's a gorgeous cutscene. The cinematic team should be com- just beyond proud of themselves. Then um, again, then you had to do the dungeon to get the last pill- the pillar creation. So, barreled through um cause of valor then jumped up time mountain love that zone it's one it's probably my favorite zone a lot of people don't like it but i think it's great i love tauren lore i'm a yeah, big I, th- now. I think
0: my problem with both that zone and stormheim is just it's so up and down and trying to figure out where things are is very disorienting with like no i you can know understand going to quests that. and is it in a cave is it not in a cave um you know is it up a mountain do i have to use a grappling hook point in Stormheim, you know it's it's yeah. very disorienting, especially going into a brand new expansion.
1: No, I very much understand that. I can I, I can definitely sympathize with that. So no, I agree with you on that one a little bit. Um, so that go through that zone, love the zone. Sad there's no cinematic. Sad that there's no big end zone cinematic, but whatever. Then go barrel through Naltharian's Lair, get the last pillar of creation. And by the time I was, like, I think a third of the way through High Mountain, I was already 110. So I just kind of had to grind my way through there to get the last pillar. A little annoying, but whatever.
0: Yep, I totally agree with that, because I went through Valshara last, and had leveled to 110 before that, and you just kind of feel like, alright, let's get this out of the way so I can move on.
1: Yep, pretty much, uh... Went straight to my order hall, sorted out all my stuff there, unlocked uh, world quest by doing the first little bit in Suramar, which oh Suramar so good, love that zone, love that city, gorgeous. Um, and just barreled my way up to eight thirty eye level, uh, just by doing mythics so, and heroics and just yeah. Let's let's guys. talk
0: about that barreling through a little bit because I found it kind of difficult to figure out how to get to eye level one or 830 which is what is it a requirement for is it heroic dungeons or
1: Uh, heroic dungeons are 810 requirement
0: okay so that's kind of like your first um stepping stone or what you need to hit so that you can start doing some random heroics which helps get eye level but how how did you make that jump from wherever you ended up at the end of getting to 110 to 810 and then 830
1: world quests and the auction house and um, just doing normal dungeons and just kind of ripping through them, just getting as much gear as humanly possible. The good thing is with the personal loot system you can trade gear amongst each other, especially if you're on the same item, uh, especially if you're on the same armor type. So I ran. I did run some dungeons with you, got some items from you, I did run some dungeons with other clothies that I knew, got some gear from them. So we just kind of utilized the personal loot system. Just took as many clothies as we could and made sure that if it was an item they didn't need, it went straight to me.
0: Yeah, and I think that, that it helped that you could group with people and do jun- dungeons even if you like weren't the same level of, as them in this expansion. Yeah. And also To grab a friend who is the same cloth type as you or has an alt that has the same or the same armor type I should say. um, So that you can switch gear between each other and you know I felt a little you know bit of the cheese when I was doing that with you because maybe there's someone else who's cloth who might be able to use that item as well but you know it I don't know I, I didn't feel too bad passing you stuff that I couldn't use or that was lower eye level.
1: Well that's one of the reasons that they made the changes to the system, because back in Warlords you couldn't trade personal loot. Um, obviously now you can, but it's because this kind of situation happened all the time. People who didn't need the loot got the loot and just disenchanted it or vendored it. And now people who actually need the loot can get it if it's, an, if it's not an upgrade for someone. So I think it's a great change to the system. And it's one of the reasons that I've barreled through to eight thirty two eye levels as quick as I have it only took me a what a day and a half
0: yeah that's that's pretty awesome and I think it's also awesome, considering you know this was the expansion that was supposed to you know uh prevent you from doing a bunch of alting because um of the artifact, but also for the eye level requirements as well, just you know needing to get eye level to hit dungeons and to hit raids.
1: My thing with Legion is it's not very alt-friendly, but it is so alt-encouraging. There's 12 classes, uh, 30... how many specs? 32? 36? Something like that? There's a bunch. So there's like... so 12 12 times 3 is 36. So there's 36 uh, different separate storylines that is coming through from every single class. And it's like, I want to play all these stories, and I want to experience all this lore and all these great artifacts and order halls, but there's no time to actually sit down and do it. It's a bit frustrating.
0: Well, how different are, you know, the different storylines, right? Because I think, the isn't the artifact storyline shared amongst all players?
1: Um, the Each artifact has a different story arc. Each So there's 36 individual artifacts, each artifact has a relatively different story arc. Uh, The Affliction artifact actually has almost the exact same story arc as the Unholy Death Knight, which is a little frustrating. But they do change it enough that it's like, okay, so this is clearly tailored a little bit more to Affliction than what the Death Knight one was to Unholy. So they do tailor it a little bit, but the some of them do have very similar story arcs, some of them are completely different, uh, and some of them are just so unique that it's just mind-boggling.
0: I see. So, <clears throat> after you got to 8.30, now uh, what's your plan going forward from that?
1: Mythics, mythics, and more mythics. And a runner, too. Cool.
0: All right, well, we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. Let's move on to our next topic, which was the weekly world event, which was world quests. So this gave you a boost in reputation uh, when you completed a world quest. And uh, I took advantage of this myself, just trying to get done as many um, artifact uh, quests as I could to Boost my artifact knowledge level, and I know that you had some thoughts about uh, me doing that and and grinding out my artifact knowledge.
1: I think you're crazy. <laughs> I think you're nuts. Um, so I get I get where you're coming from with grind the artifact knowledge, get the, get those power boosts get those power boosts But the way I see it, and the way I feel like a lot of people do see it, and that's the it's the way that you should see it, because the way that Blizzard has explained it and just put it out there as, is it's a system you're supposed to be building on throughout the whole expansion. You know, bit by bit, get like half a bar a day if you're at those high levels for uh, Artifact. And especially when you're building up your Artifact knowledge, you're gonna get those points quick anyway. So to, the, to me, the way I see it is get your three gold uh, talents. And then the rest will follow that's the important three get the three goldies and then the rest will just fall into place
0: yeah so i have my three gold talents already but you know i think the thing that i was noticing is that the people who were doing well in terms of you know dps and healing in the raids that i've been in recently is that you know the one common theme seemed to be that they all had really high artifact uh levels So, you know, I kind of got it into my head, maybe rightly or wrongly, that um, if I was able to get a higher artifact, you know, item level or artifact level, then maybe I would be, you know, having better performance healing in my raid team. What do you think about that?
1: It It comes down to the same argument of skill versus eye level. Okay. Um... If you think about it this way, the Mythic Raiders at the very start of an expansion, they're on the same level as everyone else when it comes to artifact knowledge, on gear, on everything like that. But the second, the week that Mythic is out, they're clearing it. But people of the same gear can't. And I, I, it sounds very dickish, and I very much apologise for it, but it, it, it comes down to. To get that level of skill, it comes down to practice over eye level. Eye level is eye level is good. Eye level is important, but it comes down more to having the practice and the knowledge of your class over getting a certain item or a certain artifact knowledge. Artifact uh, points level. Now, don't get me wrong there are there are items out there that are very key to some classes like trinkets or legendary items now but if you have the skill in your class you can work to getting that and still be at a high level of play
0: I see Yeah I mean I I didn't find it terrible grinding out artifact you know knowledge especially knowing that there's going to be extra rep that I need anyway for the four different, um, factions through the leveling zone. So I kind of enjoyed it. Um, the other thing that I was taking advantage of was, um, doing not only the random heroic dungeon for AP or artifact power, but also for, uh, the PVP. And I think that this is something that people aren't taking advantage of right now, not only for the fact that, um, it has a lot of AP by doing the first by getting your first win in the battleground for the week, but also um, the box that gives you a chance for a legendary drop. Um, have you been doing, you know, both the those dungeons and the PvP battleground for, you know, no. the drops? And why is that?
1: I do the uh, random heroic because I like PVE, and until I'm more comfortable on my warlock, I will not touch the PvP one. Until I'm more comfortable in the class and the spec, that I know that I won't be a a deficit to my team. Yeah. Um I... on my Demon Hunter jumped straight in there because I was playing a Demon Hunter for five months before the expansion came out.
0: <laughs> Lucky so I jumped player. straight
1: in there. I know, right? Jumped straight in there and was like killing everyone left, right, and center because Vengeance Demon Hunters were unkillable. <laughs> um but on my warlock I'm just I don't have the confidence in the class yet I haven't done enough research on the class to actually know everything that I need to be doing in PvP um in a PvP situation to actually justify to myself that I'm ready to actually PvP on it okay
0: yeah I think I think just doing them is important for the chance of the legendary drop because i you know there's a lot of people who haven't gotten their legendaries yet luckily chris and i were both lucky enough to to get a legendary so far uh in the expansion um but some people haven't and i think that you know doing the random heroic dungeon for the you know the chance of a legendary drop doing the random uh battleground gives you a second chance for a battle or for a legendary drop and the people who you know, haven't done PvP in a while or have never done PvP. Um, I never did PvP. I did my first arena last week. Um, and I've been doing battlegrounds for a few months now, but um it's not it's not that bad. I mean it's it's not like a horrible thing to do. And if you think about it, it doubles your chances to get a legendary if you do both of those two things each day, the dungeon and the uh random battleground. So I say jump in, don't worry about it, just try it out. You know, no one, no one's gonna scream at you or yell at you. Um, it's just, you know, Ouch. it's just fun and <laughs> much, <laughs> yeah. And it, and if you think about it, it doubles your chances for a legendary just by doing that uh, every day. So, I would. Did I tell you how I
1: got my first legendary?
0: No, no. Tell me that experience.
1: So when I was, when I was researching how to get my secret artifact skin appearance on my Vengeance Demon Hunter, I was in uh, the Fell Hammer, Uh, I just uh, upgraded my uh, order hall to allow me to actually kill the secret boss to get the artifact item, Uh, and it was the second time I was going in to kill it, Uh, and I killed it, and a legendary dropped, and the item that gave me my secret appearance dropped. Wow. In the one kill.
0: (laughs) By a lottery ticket.
1: I know, right? And the best part is that legendary, it's the it's the tanking neck, the one that's pretty useless right now, but in the next patch, in 715 becomes the best in slot for tanks. Awesome. Because they're buffing it to hell.
0: Great, great. So yeah, and uh, so that that is the weekly world quest, so yeah, I, I would still say, you know, I'm going to continue to grind out some world quests until the event ends on the 29th um just to get that extra bit of reputation i i'm kind of i have my eyes on the hidden, hidden artifact uh appearance for a uh, holy priest but i need to get um exalted with uh the faction in uh stormheim so the Valajar. the Valajar, yeah so i i have to
1: continue to grind those out so i've been doing those um one thing i will remind about the world quest event is the uh the quest in Dalaran for this event is to complete 20 artifact, uh, uh, complete 20 world quests, and you get, I believe, it's artifact power, as well as a epic item, uh, in a box, I believe. I'll need to double check, but I believe that's what you get.
0: I thought that we got 5,000 order hall resources for some reason.
1: Is it just the order hall resource? Each of these bloody quests has different rewards, and it's very frustrating. Just give us all the same goddamn reward for each quest. (laughs) It's like, some of them are useful, some of them are not. This, uh, if it's just the order hall resources, not very useful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm still trying to get my last upgrade, which is to be able to equip two legendaries. So I, you know, I was able to use that. Um, So yeah, and I think that's an important thing to note too, is that uh, when I first logged in on Tuesday, I forgot about, you know, the weekly quest that you can get to go along with the weekly world event. So um, I think the the habit that I need to jump into is when I log into the game on Tuesdays, when, you know, after the patch happens, just immediately open up the adventure guide and then click on the quest because it's available right there. So you don't have to run to the dude in Violet Hold to like that has the little exclamation point over his head. You can just open your adventure guide wherever you are accept the quest and then you can jump right into the weekly world events without um, without completing five or seven of them and then realize you never click the button or <laughs> do two days worth of world quests and forget to click the button. So.
1: It's also important yeah. to clarify that it's Tuesday in the US, it's Wednesday in Europe. So uh. if you're going in on Tuesday in Europe, you're not helping yourself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, whenever the reset occurs... Um, the the other thing that I noticed and I think that this might have occurred after daylight savings time but the time when the dailies roll over um, is actually like 10am on the east coast now instead of 11am on the east coast yeah. so that kind of screwed me up for a day I don't know if that happened where you are too
1: Chris no um, because Europe uh, all has daylight savings at the same time and America has it at the weird time it's all fine for us you guys have it a week later than the rest of the world, so...
0: Yeah, blame Bush, I don't I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Alright, uh, moving on, Pilgrim's Bounty was this week. Unfortunately I haven't touched anything Pilgrim's Bounty-wise, I'm just too busy with Legion content right now. Chris, yeah. did you do
1: that? No, I didn't touch it because I've done it for God knows how many years, and I'm sick of it. <laughs> Uh, I Okay, so you need to remember, back in Wrath of the Lich King, when they first brought out the achievements, they brought out the achievement What a Long Strange Trip it's been, and that's to complete every world event achievement uh, within a year. I did that on four characters in a year, so I'm not doing those again, (laughs) unless they get a significant revamp, because they're boring if you've done them that many times. And I I think this
0: year they did make some minor modifications to that right like they have the time walking badges that you can get and you can buy the pet yeah and I was able to do that just oh no that was
1: I, that was for the next thing we're gonna talk about
0: oh that was for the anniversary event okay um yeah so I I don't know maybe they made some changes to Pilgrim's Bounty check Wowhead if you want to do that to see it. You know see if there's stuff i think the interesting thing was is that in the launcher itself they actually referenced wowhead's guide instead of doing like a long post themselves about what changed so i thought it's interesting that they're kind of referring link... us to the third party websites now too yeah if to they're linking to an
1: older if they're linking to like a guide from last year they've probably not changed anything. no
0: no i i went to the website like they had they had a nice landing page on wowhead that kind of talked about it i mean obviously they had talked to wowhead before they did this but um and they had you know the updated guide for pilgrim's bounty for this year but um i i you know i browsed through i looked for mounts i didn't see anything crazy so i
1: just kind
0: of closed it and said i guess
1: uh, i'll skip this well pilgrim's bounty is up until the 28th of november so you still have a couple days to do it all right
0: and the WoW twelfth anniversary happened. Um, still I really,
1: happening.
0: yeah, still happening until the thirtieth. Um, I didn't see any real benefit. Um, other than that, you know, I got the pet that they had in store. And that's the
1: benefit—the pet. So, it's adorable.
0: It it's adorable, but I still haven't gotten into any pet related things yet. So, <laughs>
1: well, we also got the item that gave us twelve percent increased experience and reputation gain.
0: And. Yeah, I was a little bit annoyed about this, actually, because it said, you know, for monster kills only. So, you know, if you're at max level and you're grinding out world of, world quests like I am to try to get, you know, rep with these different factions on the Broken Shore, what, is there any benefit to me as, you know, that kind of a player to do From to that? From what I can
1: tell, the reputation is for quests, the monster kills is for XP,
0: Okay. I mean, I haven't even been clicking it, because I thought that the rep bonus didn't apply, but well, maybe I'm wrong. Well, bear in
1: mind, my is a human, so I was getting like an experience buff for rep anyway, but it was getting even bigger when I had the thing on.
0: Well, I don't know, I think we'd have to do some more research to see if it's really applying or not, I haven't even really bothered it. I could just be it. crazy. <laughs> that too.
1: <laughs> Very possible. <laughs>
0: Alright, that's that's what's going on in WoW this week. We'll talk about what's going on next week a little bit later. Uh, before we get to that, we wanted to go over some news items. And um, Chris, the, there seemed to be something regarding the uh, 715 PTR patch that uh, happened this week.
1: Yeah, so a lot of people have been going a bit... Um... We're allowed to swear on this podcast, right? Yeah, sure. Batshit over the... Uh... Seven one five p t. r. and uh forgetting that everything is tentative, subject to change, and not actually fully on the p t r yet um there's been some class so changes for, for first
0: of all, let's talk about what the p t r. is and you know yep. who can use that or what it's for.
1: Good call. Okay, so the PTR, uh, the 715 PTR, is the public test realm for the new patch that's coming in for World of Warcraft Legion. The patch should be available mid-to-late December, at the very latest mid-January. Um, And it's bringing a lot of class changes, as well as some mini-events. Uh, we're getting Pandaria time-walking dungeons, we're getting... uh the many many uh, world events, like um, Boat Day, and Guard Appreciation Day, and uh, Anchorage Remembrance Day and stuff like that. Uh, micro-holidays. Uh, micro-holidays, that's what they were called, I was calling them many-holidays, but no, micro-holidays, yes. And they look a lot of fun. The problem is, there's been a lot of class changes that came in with the PTR, and they're not finished. They're really not finished. Um, A lot of them were just like, okay, so there's some nerfs here, there's some buffs here, but the spells that kind of coincided with some of those abilities didn't get changes that they should have, and it was kind of like a half nerf and a half buff that needed to be tweaked a little more. And there was so much back rage on this that it got to the point that Blizzard actually did release a statement. Uh On the forums, talking about how the p t r is still tentative. there is still overall development going on on the p t r and this is nowhere near the final build um so what the what the post actually says is right now the build currently live on p t r on the seven one five p t r is only about halfway through uh mechanical changes as well as class changes, so we're not even halfway through. Uh, A lot of the class changes, and people are up in arms about my character, my class is getting nerfed, this is getting nerfed, this is getting buffed, why? And it's one of those moments where you're like, people, chill. It's a test realm, it's where they test things, it's kind of in the name.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure that Blizzard is happy that they're getting people to provide feedback, but yeah, there's there's a difference between constructive and not constructive criticism. Exactly. Especially the fact that, you know, it is not completely done yet and, you know, I guess I I work at a development comp or a software development company, so I kind of understand, you know, when things are in beta and test and it's not done yet and, you know, it doesn't doesn't really bother me, but I can see how people would log in and say, okay, well this is what it's going to be like in a few months when I log into the game, but it's not really, it's still
1: not done yet, from what they're saying. When the Legion beta went live, do you know what the th- do you know what the only thing that was available was? Havoc Demon Hunters. That's it. only thing you could play, Havoc Demon Hunters.
0: And you it's, didn't... <laughs> it's,
1: it's a testing phase. They test something move on, add some changes, test more. That's the whole point of a testing environment.
0: But, you know, I think that there's also another point where I could see that Blizzard could be more transparent about what exactly is up and what's not up and what people should request, or what people should provide feedback on and what they shouldn't. Um, Was that clearly noted anywhere?
1: We're 12 years into the game. This is not the first PTR cycle, though. This is far from the first PTR cycle we've ever had, where this exact same form of testing has been utilized.
0: I mean, it would be interesting to say, what's on the PTR patch notes, what are people providing feedback on, is it it in alignment, or did they not read the PTR patch notes, or, you know, what happened there? The thing is,
1: I think a lot of people just don't read the PTR patch notes. They read their class, they assume that they're getting nerfed to the ground, Rather than think, rather than rather than thinking, oh, let's go and test this. See how it feels. See what's happening. Check out the changes, and then provide feedback. Right. And that's where I think a lot of it came from.
0: Yeah, that's that's probably the case. Um, but yeah, people need to read the patch notes, and they need to be um, constructive with their criticism. That's what I would probably say.
1: Yeah, constructive is the be- being constructive is the best way to improve the game. That let's be honest. All of us play and love and we're all passionate about the game, but being passionate in a way that isn't constructive helps no one.
0: Yep. And that goes for anything in life. Yep. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Any final thoughts about that?
1: Um, If you want to check out the PTR, it is available to download through your Battle.net launcher Um, and then you can just copy over your pre-existing character and just play and try out all the new stuff. I would highly recommend uh, trying out the Pandaria Timewalker dungeons if you have a little nostalgia for some Pandaland stuff. Because I know I'm very excited for the Pandaland Timewalkers. I'm going to play them so hard.
0: And that's not like beta, where you need to have a beta
1: account. And nope, everyone has access to the PTR. You just have to make sure that you have a PTR account. If you don't, jump onto your Battle.net webs jump onto the Battle.net website, go to your account, and add PTR. Excellent.
0: Okay, with that, we'll move into this week's uh, challenge and uh, this week's events. Let's start off with the weekly events that are going to start. Um, starting tuesday next week and then uh sunday for or saturday for dark moon so um the weekly event next week is going to be cataclysm dungeons uh and a, a, as a lot of these time walk event time walking events since i started warlords a drainer i don't really quite understand the time walking dungeons but i guess it it, it hits a nostalgia string with some people chris it hits did you... that
1: soft spot
0: <laughs> Did you do Cataclysm Dungeons? Did you like them? Did you hate them? What was your I experience? I loved
1: Cataclysm Dungeons when Cataclysm first launched Because they were hard Oh my god, they were fucking hard um, And then they got nerfed And they were, like, pointless uh, But they were really hard to start with And they were a lot of fun so,
0: um, is it going to be the hard version, or is it going to be no, the nerfed version? No, it's the nerf version. version. That's okay. sh-
1: it's, it's, it's the nerf version, but the way time walking works, everything feels kind of nerfed anyway. It's just kind of the, the nostalgia of being at level and doing this content.
0: When they released the Legion patch, didn't they make some changes or adjustments to the time walking dungeon so they, they were a little bit did. harder? They
1: They have got a little bit more difficult since Legion hit, which is a good thing. It's a great thing, because... It's a lot easier to kinda of scale the Legion the way they're doing it in Legion. Cause now they've got the improved scaling tech, that's essentially the entire world scaling to your level. So they've got a lot of more improved tech, so they've fine tuned it a little more to make it a little closer to what the actual experience was back in the day. Um and when it comes to like the Wrath ones, the Cataclysm ones, the Burning Crusade ones, you can you you do kinda of feel like Right, the Burning Crusade ones are clearly from this time period because they're a little bit more difficult than the rest, and then the Wrath ones are a little bit more easy because that's when they were trying to, that's when they were trying to, you know, make everything a bit more accessible, so you can kind of feel that. And then when you get to the Cataclysm ones, it's like, yep, way accessible, way more accessible. It's Still a little bit more difficult than what the Cataclysm dungeons actually were after their initial nerf, but it's way more. It, it still feels you know like Cataclysm. It feels good. I like doing the Time Walker stuff, and some of the Time Walker dungeons are like some of the best dungeons that Blizzard's ever actually done. For example, uh, the Cataclysm Time Walking dungeons. I think it's I think adds End Time, which is one of my favorite dungeons uh, from Cataclysm. Uh, the wrath ones has uh forge of souls I think it is it's either forge of souls or it's the other one uh, from the ICC patch and they've got the nexus and the it's just it's just the Nexus was the first wrath dungeon I ever did and just walking into that giant blue room filled with like uh, mana worms and Uh, dragons, it was just awesome, and just having that experience be able to jump back in and just do that content again is one of the big draws of Time Walkers for people who have been playing for a long time.
0: Okay, so the the one that you mentioned from Cataclysm that they're going to have available next week, you said end time is the one I should be looking for?
1: I believe it's end time that they have uh, available for the Time Walkers. I'm going to double check, but I'm pretty confident end time's there.
0: Yeah, I mean... Going through them without doing them previously, I'm just, I have no real connection to them at all. So, you know, if that's the one that is the cool one, I'll be looking out for that. Okay, also uh, starting next week, um, I think it on the 4th,
1: um, it will be Dark Moon Fair. So... Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me just okay. double check. Yep, so uh, the six Time Walkers are available for Cataclysm. You've got Throne of the Tides, the Vortex Pinnacle, the Stone Core. Lost City of the Tolvir, Grim Batol, and Ed Time, And all of them give uh, different amounts of um, Time Walker badges depending on their difficulty and the length of time it takes to complete them.
0: And I think one thing to note too is, do all of the Time, walk ev- time Walking events at the end of the first one that you do drop the quest to give you like 200 Time Walking yes. badges? Okay.
1: All of this time it'll be the Smoldering Ember, which will give you 500 Time Walking badges if you hand it in in Orgrimmar or Stormwind, respectively.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, like, I always try to do that first one uh, because of the bonus loot drop at the end of it, so I think that's probably a good thing to note for new people. And if
1: you complete five Time Walker dungeons while having the Shattered Path through Time quest, you will get a Seal of Inevitable Fate, uh, 500... Nope, that's that's the old one. Wow, that's that's the old one.
0: You'll get a a thing to be able to roll loot. Is that what it is?
1: Yeah, but it's I'm looking at the Wowhead gate, and that's the old item. That's that's the old one. What is it called now? Broke, broken seal or something? Not sure, but that, like I said, that's the old item. I don't know why.
0: Whatever it is, it's it's the item that allows you to roll bonus loot in a mythic yes. dungeon or a raid, right? Okay. <clears throat> all right, cool. Moving on to Darkmoon Dark Darkmoon Fair. Um, Dark Fair comes around every month and you either love it or you hate it, or you haven't been back there in years. Um, I've been doing Darkmoon here and there. I think the one thing that I've been using it for recently is just getting up skill levels because it seems like all of my gear or all of my uh, professions for engineering and uh, mining, everything has gone gray. And I'm like, or at least for engineering, so I haven't been getting um, points in engineering for a while now. So going there, you can at least get the quest to get, um, is it an additional 15 points or 5 points?
1: Uh, I think it's 5 points.
0: Yeah, so I'll at least go back to do that really quick. Um, but, you know, other than that, I've I've been getting tons of quests through dungeons. Or, I you know, I had completed the kill 200 mobs last time, but never found the time to turn it in so um you know i guess if you need heirloom stuff it's cool and there's some other cosmetics and mount type stuff too that you can get chris have you been doing anything in darkmoon fair recently
1: i do a little bit here and there i do like to go and do the uh fishing stuff just to get some levels because i haven't maxed out my fishing yet on my demon hunter Um, I do just I go there just to just kind of chill and have a lot of fun because it's the darkman fair, etc. Plays and everything. (laughs) It's like the week where you get to be a kid and just go to the fair.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it. uh, There are some things that are cool about it. I think. Um, I used to grind it really hard when I first started playing because it had some tangible rewards as a leveling character. You know, you can get the you know if you get up enough of those tickets and turn them in that you can get some heirloom stuff to help you get the experience boost and level faster and that was really exciting to me early on and then you know since when I, I started got to playing
1: the darkmoon fair was literally like three tenths outside of goldshire with like nothing there <laughs> <laughs> that was the darkmoon fair back in the day yeah
0: yeah so it, it is the fair has grown uh there's definitely more carnies than there were then I'm sure so um, yeah cool if you need some skill points in your professions and uh, or some heirloom item stuff or if you're a cosmetic or a mount or pet chaser then those are some other cool things I, I think the other thing that I wanted to really do in Dark Moon was after I started pet battling or after I start pet battling um, to do those dailies along with the other dailies to help kind of grind out those um, uh, tickets. So.
1: Yeah, the tech the there's a one of the best things about fear is that it's such a nice way to just kind of get an XP boost to help you level up because you can get oh yeah uh, I think is it the it's it's not Ferris wheel it's a there's a merry-go-round the merry-go-round yep. When you're on the merry-go-round, it gives you an XP bonus. So, and rep, grab that uh, XP and rep bonus. Yeah, XP and rep bonus. So once you grab that, you've got a, you've got it for an hour. Then just head straight back to the Dartmouth Fair, get it again. Just rinse and repeat, and and you can have that for pretty much the entire event.
0: Yeah, I totally forgot about that. But that that would also help with world quests for rep grinding. Is the um, rep bonus from the fair? So cool. All right, and let's get into this week's uh, challenge event. So uh, each week we want to provide you with something to do in-game that's not related to the weekly events that are already going on. And so uh, the Azeroth Coast to Coast Challenge will be Mythic Dungeons this week. So, um, And the, the point behind the challenge is just give you a goal to... You know kind of improve yourself as a player and and to do something in game and and to let us know what your experience is in doing that so um you know this week we want to focus on mythic dungeons and i think you know before people get into mythic dungeons i think chris we need to talk about what are the things that they need to do to prepare themselves to enter the the mythic dungeon so um you know what What should they do in terms of their eye level, in terms of, you know, their preparation for entering the dungeons, any any tips that you would have to do that?
1: First off, and I think you're going to disagree with me, but, eye level isn't as important as people seem to think it is.
0: Okay.
1: (laughs) Eye level is important, yes. Eye level is something that you need to try and strive to, but what is more important than item level is your class's stat weights. So you need to make sure you're getting the right stats for your spec and for your class, and using the right items and food and flasks and stuff like that. Okay. So, so, for example,
0: like being a new player, okay? Because I, you know, I still consider myself a new player, only playing for a year or so. so oh, you're a noob. You're a noob. Oh uh, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> all when you start saying like items and stats and flasks and all this jazz, um. You know, it it gets a little bit overwhelming to me. Yep. So, uh, all right, so let's let's break this down a little bit. So, the first the first thing is is that Blizzard itself puts a eye level um, you know uh, gate onto the mythic or the heroic dungeons, right? So yes, you have to be 8-10. Yeah, because that's
1: something you have to queue for.
0: Right. So, I mean, what would you think the 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 gate would be if there was a queue for mythic dungeons?
1: If there was a queue for Mythic Dungeons, I would probably say it would be in the 830 to 835
0: zone. Okay, so as a new player going into it and you've never done a Mythic before, you should probably shoot well, for having 830 to go in there.
1: Yes and no. The reason that I say that there's an 835, 830 to 835 gate on that, if there was a queue, is because it's all completely random through the queue thing, through the queue system. When it comes to something like a pre-made group or the pre-made dungeon finder, you get to build your team. That's where the difference comes in. You're vetting people, you're building your team, whereas the dungeon finder is completely random. So you could have someone who has absolutely no clue about the game and is kind of just being stupid lucky about gear and is kind of pushing their way through. Or you could get someone who is a mythic quality raider in a in a random dungeon queue. Whereas so, when it comes to the pre made groups, you're vetting them. You're actually choosing who you want to take.
0: Okay, I mean I understand that. Like, skill is another piece of it, but I think just in terms of your gear and eye level, um, you know, I agree with you that and you know, Blizzard has already admitted to the fact that the secondary stats, um, are more important than your eye level right now and having the right secondary stats is important. If you don't know what your, if, if you don't know what the best secondary stats are for your spec right now, they have guides on this on Icy Veins. Um, and Icy Veins will tell you what to put it into. And I think the thing that I realized through that, um, the secondary stat listing was that it's not that you should dump 100% of your Uh, or to have 100% of your secondary stats in those first two stats that they have there, right? Like, those are the priority. But yeah, it's probably better to be a little bit balanced in that. Because as a Holy Priest, I was picking uh, Critical Strike and Mastery, and I had like 100% of my secondary stats were in those two. And I had zero haste, and I had zero versatility. And then I was like why are all the other healers beating me on cast times? And I'm not really healing anything because my casts were too slow. So I think that, you know, I diversified a little bit. I put some points into Haste. I put some points into Versatility a little bit. And, I, and cool. I, I'm and I feeling like I'm in a better spot because of that.
1: But you still have more of the your powerful stats, but still enough of the other stats to kind of keep you... And the, you, the solid playfield of where everyone else is. You're fast oh, totally. enough with your cast to get those big heals off.
0: Yep. Yeah, I mean, I still have like 25% crit and I still have like over 30% mastery. So I'm doing good there. But I have some a little bit more haste and a little bit more versatility.
1: I think it's also important to kind of clarify what we mean when we're saying secondary stats. Because there's, there's so many stats in this game. Because uh, there's primary, secondary, and tertiary stats. So primary stats uh, comprise of Intellect, Strength, and Agility. Uh, you'll only use one of them, depending on what class you are. Uh, and then you've got your secondary stats that are uh, Mastery, Haste, uh, Crit, and Versatility. And then you've got your tertiary stats, which are very random and are kind of meh, they're there, I don't really care.
0: Which And is it's still so unclear what they do.
1: No, they all there's all very clear what they do. Lifesteal uh gives you a percentage back of the uh, as health for the damage you do. Uh, uh which is I believe called leech. It's just it's leech, and then you've got speed which increases your movement speed. Um unbreakable or indestructible or something like that, it means that the item will never take durability loss. Uh, avoidance increases your uh Dodge or parry, I believe it is one of them. Um, so they all have stuff that they do, but they're so tiny and minuscule that, and random that it doesn't really matter. It's your secondaries that you're worrying about, because, like I said, primaries. You're only focusing on one. If it's, if you're a cl- if you're a cloth- look for intellect. If you're a plate wearer, look for look for uh, agility. Uh, not agility. Don't look for agility. Good lord, no. Um, Strength, thank you. And if you're a leather wearer or male weather- wearer, look for agility. Although some leather classes use intellect. <laughs> Depending on if you're what spec you're in.
0: Um So yeah, secondary stats more important than eye level, but you know, I would still say shoot for eight thirty eye level to jump into a mythic dungeon.
1: I would agree. Uh, as a as a good baseline I'd probably say to 8.30i level uh, is probably a good baseline as long as you have the appropriate stat weights.
0: And, you know, this this shouldn't be too, too difficult to do because, you know, the world quests, um, you know, with the addition of something like world quest list, which is an add-on that you can get, Um, You can just list out all of the items that are available in World Quests, and you can actually roll over them and see what the secondary stats are going to be, and make sure that you're going after gear on the World Quests that have the appropriate secondary stats for your spec. Bear in mind,
1: some some of the World Quests do have a random icon for secondary stats, so some of them will give you randomized secondary stats, but it's always good to do those as well just in case they give you the ones you need.
0: And they the levels of the world quest rewards will progressively improve as you improve. So, yep. you know, even if you're at 810, you can continue to grind out those world quests for the gear and eventually you'll, you'll get, get like, to a point. you'll get gear. Right. And do you have, like, let's say it doesn't have the secondary stats that you need. Should you still keep it in your inventory to increase would, the chance of getting a higher was... eye level? World I would
1: say, yes, for things like that, eye level is very important. So definitely make sure that you do have some gear that's, you know, just a higher eye level so that you can progress in stuff like world quests um, to improve your drop chances.
0: Yeah. But I, and stat does, are important. How does that work exactly? Because I don't really understand it. So let's, I don't know
1: what the math says.
0: So, like, if I have, like, an 810 item, and let's say it's in a shoulder slot, yep. so... The next time I pop a world quest that has a shoulder reward, will that be 8.15? Oh, it's your 815? average eye level. My average, it's your eye average level. your
1: average eye level. So if okay. your average eye level is, say, like 8.15, you'll start to see world quests giving you item drops between 8.05 and 8.20 or
0: 8.25. Okay. Yeah, I've noticed the 5% or the 5 item level increase. So, you know, if I'm at 8.10, I'll start to see 8.10 and 8.15. And then I can get that 8.15 gear, increase my average eye level to 8.15, and then I'll start seeing 8.20s. Is yeah. that right? And then I think...
1: Roughly. The high- it seems like that.
0: The highest I've seen is 8.45.
1: Well, my Demon, my, my, my Demon Hunter is 8.70, and the highest I've seen is 8.45, so I think there is a bit of a soft cap on it.
0: Okay. So even just through doing random world quests, you should easily be able to get to like 8.45. 8.45, or- yeah.
1: Okay. The only thing you'll struggle with is relics. Everyone is struggling with relics right now. doesn't matter what content you're doing, you're struggling getting relics.
0: For your artifact weapon.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: So, shoot for 830, shoot for the secondary stats that, you know, match what's on Icy Veins if you don't do any of the theory crafting yourself to know what the best secondary stats are. Okay, so let we got gear out of the way. So <clears throat> um what are, you know, what kind of skill or experience should you have with the dungeons before going into those mythics? I'm I'm assuming that you would recommend trying out the heroic dungeons and being familiar with that before you jump into the mythic version of those dungeons.
1: Yes and no. Um if you're a more new if you're a newer player in regards to like this is your first real experience with mythic content, do them on heroic first. Definitely do them on heroic first. See what the very basics of the fight are. Because when it comes to mythic, the fights are pretty similar. Uh, Some of them just have increased difficulty in regards to how much damage they do, the healing required. Uh, But some fights do actually have different mechanics. For example, um, Cordana Cordana Felsong in Vault of the Wardens. On heroic, she on normal she doesn't do her uh, wall, uh, her wall of invisible wardens that will kill you. On heroic, she does two walls of invisible wardens that will kill you, and on mythic she does four walls of invisible wardens that will kill you. So there's a bit of a difference on each fight there, on each difficulty there. Um, but for something like Wrath of Azjara, all three difficulties are the exact same.
0: And and in that case, it's just that they're hitting harder at the higher difficulty levels. Yeah,
1: exactly. I
0: gotcha. Yeah, so I, I think that that's important too, because I think, you know, going through myself and, you know, without having help from guildies or without having help from friends and just doing them myself, I noticed, you know, just going through the higher difficulty levels helps get me comfortable with that level of, you know, either mechanics or, you know, how hard things are hitting when i'm healing people um and then that kind of gets me ready for the next level um and then also just reading the adventure guide and seeing what the what the new um mechanics are going to be and when to look out for the the need to you know pop the big cooldown heals or whatever for the mythic dungeons themselves
1: definitely the adventure guide gives a lot of good very you know, straight to the point information on what you need to do as a boss and on the boss fight as a tank, DPS, or healer. They are actually split up like that. So if you're a tank, just read the tank section. That's all you really need to know. Um, but in regards to if you're a little bit more comfortable with mythics, like you did the Warlords of Draenor mythics, and you know you kinda know what you're doing in regards to, right? So these are going to get more difficult. There's going to be some, a little bit more new mechanics. That's fine. You don't really need to do the heroic one. Just as long as you are in a group of people that you're comfortable playing with, you can kind of just jump in and learn as you go. Because it's one of those experiences where mythics are kind of looking at being the five-man raiding content for people who prefer five-man content rather than raiding. Um, Meaning
0: Meaning that they'll progressively get harder if you beat them and then you can get the keystones for the higher level. Yeah, and do the mythic
1: pluses. We're only really looking at the base mythic right now, but it's kind of like the the base mythic is like the LFR of mythic five man <laughs> raiding, as what it's called. So you kind of want to. It's a good kind of to just jump in and learn as you go. It's a really great experience, especially if you're doing it with people you know, and just kind of bashing your head against it until you learn it and just kill it. Yeah. It's a great experience. It's definitely something that I would recommend.
0: Yeah, and, and I think, you know, looking at it in terms of, you know, what's most comfortable to least comfortable, I think um, obviously if you have a guild or if you're in a guild and you can do voice communications while you're doing the dungeon, I think that's probably the best way to do it, just so that you can yeah. have people give you tips and call outs during the dungeon itself. Um, not voice comm and- with people you know and then uh, public groups or um, pugging as it's called, that I've come to learn. Yep.
1: I had to explain to Kevin what pugging meant. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in regards to just jumping on and doing stuff on voice comms with people you know, once you learn the fight and once you've got it down, killing it can just become a fun social experience at that point, rather than just, right, we're learning. And you can just have some fun banter with pe- banter with people and just have fun. It's, it's always good to just do stuff with friends and, well,
0: yeah, definitely. And I think it definitely takes some time to get to that point, right? It's it's Yeah, not, it does. Like, I'm still pretty tense when I'm doing a Mythic Dungeon, just... Oh,
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> just I'm healing here, people. And... I'm sitting here chatting away with our tank, having a good time. Kevin's stressed to the frickin' max. <laughs> kind of adorable.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, and I think that there's um, some psychological points to this as well, going through... Uh, a mythic dungeon for your first time because you know in warlords of drainer i didn't really have a guild i was like in ctr but i didn't really like interact with them too much um and people were just like yeah jump into mythics to like get your eye level better and i'm like that's scary you know like (laughs) i feel like it's going to be really hard and stuff and there's even some people that are that are in the guild that i'm in now um which you know are having trouble just kind of with that kind of mental barrier and you know i think one of the things that um helps is when you can get with someone that you know to to help you jump into it but if you need to go into a public group I don't, I don't think it's a terrible thing to do i mean yeah it's it's good to you know if you're solid on the heroic level if you've got the right eye level if you've been through the boss fights if you've read the adventure guide you know just do it you know like there should be no real you know thing preventing you from doing that I think everybody is in the same boat right now everyone yeah. needs to increase their eye level and and get better and wants to improve so you know if if you've done the basics like you know we're mentioning on the show today then you know just just jump in and look at the um the the uh, dungeon finder and find somebody that needs your you know tank healing or dps back to uh, fill out their group
1: it's not a back then to get into public groups. I'm I'm one of those people who've been playing for so long that I have a cynical point of view and that I hate everyone. Um But getting into pugs I, I've met some of the best people I've ever played this game with from pick it, from pickup groups. So I would definitely say from a tank and healer perspective, pick being in a pug is like the worst thing you'll ever do, just until you get used to other people being assholes to you. Because if you're a tank and healer, the DPS will always blame you. If something fucks up, 9 times out of 10 because they're not doing a goddamn mechanic, it's your fault, and they're going to blame you. Get used to that, because see when I zone into a pickup group and something goes wrong and DPS start bitching at me, they get muted and I move on with my life. And just remember, tanks and healers, you have the power. Because if you leave, they're waiting 20 minutes for another tank. They're waiting 20 minutes for another healer. You have the power. Accept it.
0: Yeah, and I think I've noticed that too, and as a healer going into some of those dungeons, I, you know, I hate when people are standing in bad and making me heal them when I shouldn't be having to heal them. Or... You know the the um, tank seems like he's under geared or doesn't know the mechanics or isn't moving the boss where it needs to be. But you know I kind of just try to keep some of that stuff to myself just to kind of be have some good etiquette in terms of you know being friendly, you know always dropping food for people um, so that if they don't have food they can have food. But you know it it you know I think you know there are people who can be assholes in public groups, and I think that I would just recommend not being that asshole.
1: <laughs> yeah, try, try your damnedest to just understand that the tanks and healers, although DPS, yes, you need to hit that barrier so that you can actually pull out numbers and kill bosses, tanks and healers have a way stressier job than you do. The tanks are trying to keep themselves alive, whilst keeping threat off all you DPS. Uh, I was going to say fuckers there but I thought that would be really mean. Whilst keeping all the DPS alive, whilst keeping threat, whilst keeping themselves alive by not standing in mechanics, trying to control the group, trying to mark mobs, the tanks have a lot of work they have to do and you raging at them is not helping. Healers have a lot of work they have to do because they need to not stand in bad. They need to make sure that you stay alive. They need to make sure the tank stays alive. They need to to watch their mana management. They need to make sure that their oh shit button is ready for that big hit that's coming. And you shouting at them is not helping. That's all. That's that's all you need to do is just understand that yes, DPS, your role is important. But if the tank dies, you're dying with them. The healer dies. You're dying with them. Yeah. Don't stress them out. Let it, them
0: do their job. It sounds like we're pecking on DPS too, but it, it could really be anybody. So, you know, be nice. Try to understand. Try to, um, you know, if you know what the mechanics are, it doesn't hurt to like type that out in chat before you go into the fight or just to make sure that other people in the, in the group know what the mechanics are going to be before going into that fight. So, you know, communication yeah. is key there as well.
1: Yeah, um, I don't mean to sound like I'm picking on DPS. I mean, tanks can be assholes too. I'm a tank. I'm an asshole. Okay? <laughs> I we everyone can be an asshole, but from a from a perspective of someone who's played tank and healer for the majority of their while I don't want to say career, but the majority of their while time, the DPS are usually the really mean ones and it's not fun. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And, um, any final thoughts on the challenge this week, doing Mythic Dungeons?
1: The be- the, what I would suggest for the challenge is grab a group of friends, have a good time, and just try and be chill when you're doing it. Watch your stat weights, watch your mana management if you're a healer, make sure those survivabilities, the survivable cooldowns are on point if you're a tank, and DPS, kill all the things.
0: And I, I would probably say, like, you don't need a full group. Grab one other person if you just want someone to play with and see if there's other people around that want to join you or p- do a pickup group to, um you know, to get in there. Even if it's just one person that you're going to the dungeon with, it's better than going in it alone sometimes. And, you know, don't don't be afraid to just, like, You use the pickup group system or find a custom group who's doing the dungeon, especially if you have like a quest there, that's a good idea to, you know, jump in and do it. Um and yeah, just try to have fun. And if it's stressful, you know, don't run a bunch of them, just run one and then go do something else. Like a lot of the times for me, um, I'll do one and it'll be super stressful and then I'll just go do some world quests for a while or you know sometimes if i'm doing a bunch of them in a row i start to get sleepy and i'm like i I just need to just put it down and go do something else because you do put yourself through some mental stress going through more difficult content in this game for sure
1: i will say avoid Karazan until you're ready (laughs) Avoid Karazan until you are ready (laughs) yeah we'll have to spend time talking about that later Second boss, Maiden, is the DPS check. If you cannot, if you struggle to kill Maiden, you're not clearing it. If your group struggles to kill Maiden, you're not clearing it. So, use her. If you if you want to do Karazhan, use her as your check. If your group clears her with no problem, you're ready. You can clear Karazhan. Just put the effort in. Until then, just try and work and improving yourself.
0: All right. So that is the challenge this week. Let us know uh what your experience was with going through the mythic dungeons or if you've already done a bunch of mythic dungeons and have tips for new players or uh, improving players let us know all right so with that we will end the show that's our show for this week guys uh if you want to find us outside of game or in game throughout the week you can talk to us on twitter um kevin is at swing cat that's me uh, and it's cat spelled with a K, so S-W-I-N-G-K-A-T. And Chris is Akari VK2. That's A-K-A-R-I-V, the number two, K. Uh, if you'd like to find us in-game, we're on Dalaran. We're going to start a chat channel called A-C-T-C for Azeroth Coast to Coast. So uh, come join the server if you want to just start a character. You know, we'll be happy to... Um, you know work with you and figure out if we can get you leveled up um join the chat channel and talk to us a c t c
1: all right if we do get a lot of responses in regards to the challenge and people actually interacting in the dalaran chat channel we are looking at we are going to be setting up a a twitter for the show and a facebook and in the future a website so we'll give you more info on that when we do it
0: excellent so thanks chris um Great show. Thanks.
1: Thanks, Patty.